Now, we are over halfway through New Zealand Water Safety Month, and tragically, since the campaign started, six people have fatally drowned in preventable incidents. Now, in 2020, despite the COVID-19 lockdown and the end of last summer, 54 people have died in the water, again, in preventable incidents. In 2019, there were 82 preventable drowning fatalities. Water Safety Month, therefore, is an initiative of the Safe Boating Forum and ran for the first time in 2019. The month was created to get people thinking about water safety as we head into summer. We're joined now on the Pacific Breakfast Show with uh, by Water Safety New Zealand CEO, John T. Mills. Talo Falava, welcome to the show. Oh, good morning, Alpha, and good morning to viewers and listeners. Thanks for having me and a great introduction. Thank you. Brother... Can you tell us, in terms of the, the people and, unfortunately, the six lives that uh, we hear uh, just lost not long ago, what are the age ranges that we're talking about here? Yeah, and you mentioned Water Safety Month, which was our effort as a collaborative uh, across all the core agencies, Coast Guard, City of Life Saving New Zealand, Maritime New Zealand, ourselves at Water Safety New Zealand and uh, Drowning Prevention Auckland, amongst others, to join up our campaigns and our messages to align um, that activity over a month's period. And like you said, um, since the uh, campaign started on the 16th of October, sadly, we've had uh, six preventable drownings during that situation. We've had people flocking to the water in unprecedented numbers as we come out of a, a pretty tough year and a tough situation. And those ranges uh, of those six preventable drownings really reflect the, the fact that drowning in this country is not one dimensional. They've ranged from sadly a toddler and under five-year-old uh, through to 25 to 34-year-olds, a uh, 45 to 54-year-old, and then an older male as well, over 65. So really an, a reflection that drowning and, and water-based activity is not one-dimensional and it's not based on uh, one activity or environment. So it's a complex problem, but uh, like you said, sadly, we have had seen six uh, preventable situations since the middle of October. In terms of the data from the last few years regarding preventable drowning and some of the other trends, what kind of overview can you share with us this morning? Yeah, look, historically, drowning has been a male problem, and it still is. Uh, about 80% of all preventable drownings are males. Uh, but historically, we have seen younger Kiwi males being the, uh, the most dominant uh, category. In recent years, we've actually seen that shift, and it is the older males, uh, the 55 plus, and in fact, in the last two years, the over 65s have represented the highest number of preventable drownings each year. And we're starting to see activities like land-based fishing, um, underwater uh, diving, et cetera, uh, really come through the um, statistics in terms of rising numbers. And again, it is reflective that um, drowning is not one dimensional, that the, the activities and the numbers do tend to move around a bit. Um, but that's what we are seeing a shift to those older males and, uh, and a shift into land-based uh, fishing, uh, rock fishing, uh, underwater activities like diving are, are really on the increase. Now, in terms of, I mean, you know, we, 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 um, we always, when we read these statistics and then we read the terminologies that are um, referenced around them, preventable drowning. Talk me more about what that means exactly. Yeah, look, we define preventable drownings as those fatalities where the efforts of the broader water safety sector, whether it's through education, knowledge, awareness, um, the teaching of skills, or rescue services through the likes of um, Surf Lifesaving and Coast Guard New Zealand, um, 
where those interventions or efforts could have changed the outcome and should have changed the outcome. So that's a preventable situation. Sadly, we have a, a number of non-preventable, what we classify as non-preventable drownings in this country where the efforts of that broader sector um, would, wouldn't have changed the outcome. And there are things, sadly, like homicides and suicides and uh, motor vehicle accidents. So we categorise them into preventable situations and non-preventable situations based on the efforts and the interventions of the broader water safety sector. One of the areas that we always look around when it comes to that is um, factors that contribute to a lot of preventable drownings and which you have just uh, added in that. For our Pacific community, would you have to help any data in terms of what's been the main cause for preventable drownings when it comes to that community? Yeah, look, there are really two main reasons why why people drown. Um, other, other than the toddlers, the under fives, we're really the only foolproof solution is that constant adult supervision at all times. We know how quickly uh, a toddler can disappear and how easily we can be distracted. Outside that, uh, Alpha, there are really um, two broad reasons why, why people are drowning and get into trouble. Either they don't have the skills or the ability to do the activity that they're undertaking, and that might be um, uh, being able to swim or have those survival skills if they do get into trouble to get themselves out of trouble. So they either don't have the skills, but sadly, in most situations, uh, people make bad decisions around water. And uh, so that's that um, attitude and behaviour um, type activity. So it's things like you know, not wearing a life jacket or um, going out in conditions on their boat when, when really they shouldn't have because of the, uh, the, the, the MEC forecast, et cetera. So really broadly, uh, we can, we can, we can categorise it into either not having the skills or the ability to undertake the activity or making a bad decision around water. And that's fundamentally uh, why, why people drown in this country. Hmm. Now it's summit again. Um, well, some people have already hit at the water way before summer officially started. But, um, you know, what would be some of the guidelines you want to share with our community tuning in? Uh, those who are planning to head into the water, which pretty much the majority of New Zealand um, and, and those who are tuning in this morning, uh, please, Jonty. Yeah, look, absolutely. And as I said uh, at, the, at the beginning, we are going to see unprecedented numbers flocking to the water uh, this summer, particularly, and we're already seeing it. And obviously, it's been a tough year for everybody uh, through through the COVID-19 pandemic. And our borders being closed uh, means that nobody is going to be going anywhere outside of New Zealand. So domestically, we are going to see um, unprecedented numbers uh, flooding to our waterways. And we're seeing that already. We're already seeing huge increases in sales and the likes of boats and paddle craft and jet skis and things like that. So our rescue services are really going to be stretched this summer. Um, I think the main messages there are uh, everybody does need to take some, some personal responsibility, need to be prepared for the activity uh, you're going to be doing. Watch out for yourself and others and, and be aware of the dangers as well as, as, well as really importantly, um, knowing your own limits. There are going to be a lot of people going to locations that they may not necessarily be familiar with. Um, we're a strong advocate of swimming between the flags uh, for families because we know that that's the safest uh, place, uh, places on the beach. Those toddlers, as I said before, those under five, those kids, the only foolproof solution is that constant adult supervision. And look, the other one, uh, Alpha, to, to finish on is we know that the wearing of life jackets save lives and uh, of the uh, recreational boaties and those who get into trouble that drown um, and are not wearing a life jacket, we know from the research that around two-thirds of those would unlikely have drowned had they been wearing a life jacket. So it's as simple as that for those boaties and those people who are rock fishing, etc. Um, life jackets save lives. 
And may I add to that, because this is, uh, it, it sounds funny, but it's not, but in the Middle East, most of the men that, that end up drowning, it's because of the wrong clothing. Like, a lot of them go swimming, believe it or not, in their jeans, um, in their, uh, you know, and I'm like, that's one of the worst pieces of clothing you can wear when you go to the water. Absolutely, Alf, and that's a really good point you make. And look, we live in a really uh, diverse um, population now, a lot of uh, new migrants, etc. Um, and, and you mentioned that community who come to New Zealand uh, from not necessarily having aquatic backgrounds and also not necessarily, uh, uh, certainly not knowing our conditions and having that knowledge and awareness. And we see that a lot, particularly up around uh, Auckland, uh, people swimming in jeans and jerseys. And, um, and you know, that's, that's a, a, a real factor that uh, we need to try and educate people and uh, not just with the conditions and the awareness of our local um, uh, conditions, etc. But, but obviously, as you said, um, wearing the right, um, wearing the right uh, clothing in terms of uh, partaking in the water, whatever way, shape, or, or form that may be. John Mills, thank you very much for your time this morning, and um, hopefully, the month uh, New Zealand will listen to you guys and not keep you too busy for all the wrong reasons cutting into summer. Yeah, thank you for having me, and we want everyone to enjoy the summer in whichever way, shape, or form they do. We just want them to be able to come home safely to their whanau's at the end of the day. Cheers, man. Thank you for that.